today, we are gonna talk about something that's important to marriage, but also gonna talk about something that's important to all of us. And that is this idea of being time. Time when we're with people that we love and who love us back. Time to just be. Because you can see right now, it's not always... You know, I know with, with COVID and different things, people have, some people are working from home and that's changed. But what hasn't changed is its presence and that we are just time to be together. Now, it, it's interesting, in the 1960s, uh, a group of um, people that were in the technology world came to the U.S. government and they said that, uh, I think you have more processing power on your phone, but uh, they did in this room, but in 1960, so they uh, came to the US government and they said, hey, you should know that technology is moving really, really fast. It's gonna go so fast. It's gonna give us back so much time. It's gonna make things so convenient that the biggest issue of the 1980s is gonna be, what do we do with all the excess time? They said it was gonna be known as the leisure period. Well, they didn't get that completely right, did they? No, but here's what they, they did get right is technology does, it so quickly builds on itself. It's amazing. Like when I was growing up, this was my version of, of video basketball. I think there's like 24 total pixels there. This is the example of the game that my sons play. I, I show this to my I show this to my son the other day, and then he goes, Dad, that's old. <laughs> yeah, 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 because it's a month old. Yeah, I get, I get it. You know, that doesn't even look real, Dad. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Sam. Yeah, I remember when I, you know, I'm going to sell him at Grandpa for a little bit when I was a boy. You know, but when you did reports at school, did anybody remember these bad boys? Encyclopedia Britannica? <laughs> yeah, you're kind of required by the government to buy a set. <laughs> sell a kidney so you can have them. Yeah, I, you know, my, the sad thing for me was we didn't have a set. My grandmother next door did. Hers were from the 50s. So let's just say my reports were a little dated. And now my children have the Google. Yeah, now we can know everything. I grew up in a time where there would be times where you just had to wonder. You remember? Hey, who won the World Series last year? I don't know. Okay. We don't have to wonder anything. People are going, what happened to all those Encyclopedia Britannica? Turns out people are building tables. <laughs> How many of you remember these, this bad boy? Oh yeah. TVs used to be a major piece of furniture in your house. The odd part was it, a lot of them didn't come with remote control. My dad's did. It was called me. I can remember as a child, my first memory of my father is standing beside a piece of this and him going, turn it, turn it, turn it, go back, turn it. I know now what I didn't know now. Then, that's child abuse. He even did this thing where we had, anybody have an antenna? Yeah, yeah. So it had this thing, you would turn it, the little rotary thing. Well, ours broke and my dad goes, no worries. I've got two extra, you and your brother. He would send us outside to turn the antenna and he would shout when he got clear enough. 
I thought, this is horrible. I said this to my wife when we were dating. She goes, my dad did the same thing. <laughs> and now it's not like that at all. Now we have this, these, yeah, we've come a long way. Now, you're, now your pastor is going, Jesus did not have one of these. Yeah, now you can get a 80 inch plasma at Walmart for $14. How many remember these? Yeah, my mom had one of those in the kitchen. My dad bought her the first mobile phone, which was a very, very long cord for it. She was so excited. She was, this is amazing. I can walk all over the house, fantastic. She's choking the dog, but she's all excited. And now have you heard the new iPhones that are coming out? The way you're gonna unlock it, it's gonna be a little hologram of you will pop up and you fist bump it. And that's how you unlock your phone. Can you believe that? You shouldn't, because I made it up. <laughs> Most of you go, yeah, yeah, it's hologram. That makes sense. That checks out. That should be, that's what's next, right? Here's, here's the deal. In the US, the average person spends four hours a day on devices four hours a day on devices. I saw this other day where this artist had photoshopped out phones uh, when people were, should be being together, but they're, they're with their phones and what that looks like. Okay, I'm really gonna sound like a grandpa, but you remember when kids used to play outside? I grew up in Alabama, and so my dad thought motorcycles were too dangerous, so he bought us three-wheelers. <laughs> Which is probably called head trauma for everybody I know. Yeah, we've given him such a great time. Dad, you bought us something that was banned by the government. But we used to go outside and play a little bit, and I get it. I remember taking my son out, you know, he had been all into a Mario video game. You know, we're jumping and doing all this stuff and we get into a canoe and we're going down. He goes, is this all we're doing? Because, the, you know, I've been in this very fun world. And you know what? It's not just young folks, even the older folks know how to work the Facebook. If I ever need a thumbs up, all I have to do is post anything and within half a second, stepmom, ding, yeah on their phone, and we need this. We need some time to just be. A time when, when we're present. You know, I think about if somebody was taking from out of obscurity, you know, went into a jungle and they took a person who had never seen any technology and they brought them to the United States and they came back and they reported to the jungle, their friends, what they saw. I think it would be like, hey, everybody was walking around with these boxes, these, these triangles, and they always had their heads down looking at, at the triangles. What was on the triangle? People. People doing stuff, people going places. And then you would say, I like what that person does with a, with, a, with a button, and you would hit it. And then you go to restaurants, and there were bigger triangles. And so they weren't looking at the person, they were looking at people on that triangle. It feels a little crazy, doesn't it? It feels a little like, but it's just, it's just what we do. As we're so drawn to devices, we're also, when we took this time, when there's all this space that technology has given us, 
back, we actually filled it up with more work as well. In the US, we're working an average of six more hours a week than they did in 1965. You see, they were saying, we're gonna get all this time back. Not only did we fill the time you give us back, we filled it with more. And then this is really telling. In the US, we're working an additional four hours a week doing what's called hidden work. And this is the time where we're doing emails real quick. We're sending a couple of texts at work. The reality is it's really not hidden from anybody but us, <laughs> right? It's really hidden. It's not hidden because our, our kids know that we're not present. Our, our friends know that we're not present. The people that around us know that we're not present. And you, yes, we're working more than medieval peasants. And I have no idea what that means. <laughs> they could have been the laziest people ever. But that's a stat I couldn't leave on the table. <clears throat> and then I saw, well, this isn't funny. I saw this from Steve Jobs, and I think it's telling. When you think about work, when you think about work, here's, he says, I reached the pinnacle of success in the business world. I think we can all agree to that. In others' eyes, my life is an epitome of success. However, aside from work, I have little joy. In the end, wealth is only a fact of life that I've become accustomed to. Steve Jobs, founder of Apple. He got to the end. He goes, money, it's just, it's just things I'm, I'm used to. You know, I did all this stuff. I created all this stuff. I started a movement. I changed the world. And I get to the end of this and I'm like, I don't know. And I think for those of us who are parents, we know that we've watched our kids. There's a level of anxiety that my heart breaks for, for teenagers or the first time somebody gets a phone and I saw this, it says, today's adolescents experience the same level of anxiety as a psychiatric patient did in the 50s. You know, I think back and I think about this and everybody, I think about in the middle school and the kids I grew up with, if everybody had a billboard to tell me if I was good or if I was bad, tell me if I was included, if I wasn't. You know, you'd find out if you didn't make the party the next day at school instead of during the party. And it's, it's caused angst and all this busyness has caused angst. Working parents feel stressed, tired, rushed, and short on quality time with their children, friends, parents, or hobbies. We're all feeling this. And why do we say yes to all this? Why are we saying, I think significance is a lot of it. You know, we, we wear business like a badge, don't we? Oh, how are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. You know, we're just going, we're just really busy. We get this, why do we say yes? culture. It's just what we do. You know, in all fairness, we talk about, you know, the, the people coming from the jungle and seeing us on our little boxes, you know, the, the thing. We do what cultural, cu culture does, right? We follow this. I remember when we worked at a church in Southern California and we would cross over uh, into Mexico into a city called Mexicali. That's how close it was. To, to, but when you crossed over into a border, time changed. Culture shifted. And we would go uh, into Mexicali and we would get with other churches with their youth groups. And then during the day, we would go and do vacation Bible school um, at local churches. And every year we would show up and we, you know, there, we were there on time. You know, we were there on time and where are the kids? Kids would fade in a little bit, pastor would come. And you were like, oh, okay, all right, we're gonna roll this. We called it uh, Flexicali. We told the kids, that was one of the training things. You gotta be flexicali. Time is different. But here's what was beautiful about it. They were so present. 
They were there, they were, they were with you. And kids loved it. And it, and it was different. And then our, our watch would hit six and we would be like, well, it's time to go. Time to go. And they would look at us like, why? Well, we've gotta be back. For what? We gotta eat. We got food. They were confused while we were leaving as we were confused why they didn't get there exactly on time. But it was this, it was this presence. They were confused by the rush of us. The technology and the time, it's robbed, the, it's robbed our presence and relationships need eye contact and relationships need empathy. And when you think about you know, God, how do you speak into a culture when we, God's word was, you know, 2,000 years ago? How do you speak into that? And he's got a passage that speaks into that and gives so much hope and so much clarity to where we, where we find ourselves right now. And some of you, if you've been around church for a while, you're going to know this passage, but I'm going to ask you to look at it with, with some fresh eyes because I think it speaks so clearly to, to, to where we are. It says this, it says, Luke from uh, Luke 10, 38 through 42 says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So, you know, Martha did not get a text. Hey, be there in 10 with a lot of other people. <laughs> so Martha must have been great if Jesus goes, young, come in. Because, you know, we see all the... Uh, passages in scripture of Jesus walking on water and feeding the 5,000 and all those things. But we get to see a picture, a scene of Jesus with people he loved and people that loved him back. You know, I used to think about, you know, we got to just focus on like what that family was just, you know, blood. And what, what I've learned is family and friends are <laughs> being with friends. We learned this during, during COVID with our small group that, they, you know, it's so solid for our faith it matters to be around people that you love it love you love you back singles you you understand this that that the people around you become your family that your family's important so when i'm talking about this i do want you to think about your family but i always think about those people that that love that you love and that love you back that's who we're talking about because this is who jesus is and we get to see a scene of this so i want you to imagine here's jesus and he's teaching and there's been thousands of people following him you know, he's got all the crowds. Some people love him. Some people hate him. He has flipped the world upside down. He has got government officials and religious leaders freaking out. They are losing their minds. And he stops and he's in a home to be with people he loved and people he loved. And back, so he stops with Martha. And what does she do? She welcomes him in. Come on. And with that cult comes expectations, right? When people show up to your house. How many type A's do we have in here? Yeah, you get it. You just, uh, you immediately, you, you feeling for your girl Martha, aren't you? Ooh, it's just sitting on, on you. You got the type A's going, okay. <laughs> all right, welcome, no text, it's all good. Here we go, here we go, here we go. All right, come on in. Let's, let, we could do this because it meant, this meant, hey, they need to feed them and we need to give them a place to sleep. But here was the great news for Martha, is she had a sister called Mary. Whew, I got some help. I'm not doing this all by myself. She's living here rent-free. She'll feel the burden. <laughs> what, but what did Mary do? We know the story, a lot of us. 
who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. You think about this moment. Can you imagine Jesus showing up to your house? Showing up. And Mary is just, what? She is literally floored. And she's sitting. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Some things happen in the moment. That was one of them, so thank you. Uh, so she is sitting there. And she is listening to what he has to say. She's present. She's listening. She is tuned in. She's not on her phone at all. She didn't have one. <laughs> but Martha was distracted. This word translates into encumbered. Ah, I'm encumbered by all this. But all the preparations that had to be made. Now, here's the thing. Had to be made was a true statement. They had to eat, right? All you Marthas, you get it. They had to eat. Somebody's got to feed them. You know, I'm, I'm married to a, a Martha. Let me just tell you something. Martha makes the world go round at our house. You know what? It, my kids, they want some real information and some intel. They'll bypass me because mama knows what time it is. And I'm going to tell you something. Somebody whose mom passed away, my mom passed away at 10 years old, and you showed up at all these places without your stuff and feeling like, uh, I'm already the weird kid with no mom in a little town, and I'm showed up, and then, boy, it really shows because I don't have my stuff. Like, Martha, let me tell you something, Martha. Thank you. Thank you that you know that I'm going to do this is how I'm going to love. I'm talking about this dream team out there, out there with umbrellas. One of these nice guys rushed out, out there with the umbrella, and I was like, it's all good. It's not going to mess up my hair, but thanks for the, you know. But I mean, he's coming, right? That hard, I'm going to help, and I'm going to do. But we can get distracted in our doing from the being, and we forget our why that we're doing this. We forget our why that, that we're loving. We can't get distracted by all the things that have to be done. Like, I'm staying in a, in a hotel, and there's like, the great news is, is there's a lot of families there with competitive cheerleaders. <laughs> That's been unique. So you wake up in the morning, and there's all these little girls that have this hair pulled back to where they've got full facelifts, like. <laughs> big bows, lots of glitter. And I'm watching these families, and I'm watching this dad come out this morning, and he like hip checks me into the oatmeal, and he's, he's pouring Cheerios in this bowl, and he stacks it on this, and he does this, and he's coming out there. He's doing what he's told. I can tell mama done told him to get down and get that breakfast. So he is doing his thing. He's got his thing, you slide it to the side, slide it to the side, slide it to the side. Here comes brother and brother. It's got glitter on too, like glitter. He is there to support sister. He's coming, and then sister comes down, and sister, they look like they have just dipped her in glitter and put the, the bow, and she's, she's, she's coming, and she's got on Heelys, you know, and she's crying. And her dad, what are you crying for? We gotta, you gotta eat, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go. So they're sitting there eating. He's like, you gotta hurt, you gotta get it. <laughs> I mean, she's miserable. Stop crying, would you just stop crying? <laughs> you better eat those cereal. <laughs> you know, and I've talked to a lady the day before. She goes, yeah, we drove eight hours to be here and they're only, they only do it for a minute and 32 seconds. 
And then mama comes downstairs. What are y'all doing? We gotta go. And daddy's like, I'm just trying to get them fed. It was something, y'all. But somewhere along the way, they got distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Because here's what, here's the thing. Do they adore that little girl? Sure they do. Six hours one way for a minute and 32 seconds, that's birthed out of something. Yeah, because we put our kids in things. We sign them up for things because we love them. And then we get distracted and we forget about the why. And the next thing you know, they've got, you know, their eyelids are sucking the back of their head and they're crying. Why are we doing this? I don't know. And listen, I've got nothing but empty empathy. I mean, I've got ADHD and I'm, and I'm type A, so I guess that's ADHD A. I mean, I get being distracted. <laughs> I get it. I'm the champ of it. I get it. So I hurt for her, and I can forget about the B, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And obviously, she got up in her head about it. She was thinking about it, because watch what she did. Y'all ready? (laughs) She came to him, meaning Jesus, or hmm, and asked, Lord, don't you care? That my sister's left me the work to do by myself. I've always wondered why she didn't go to to Mary. Mary. We gonna have a different come to Jesus. Jesus, you keep talking to Mary. She skipped Mary. Oh, I'm gonna deal with you later, girl. She walks into the creator of the universe and goes, She's all up in her head. She is so, and what is her solution? She gives Jesus a solution. She says, tell her to help me. (laughs) And isn't that what we do? I mean, I could tell the guy doing the cereal, he didn't be told, you need to help me. Because he was afraid for his life. Right? Tell her to help me. And that's what we do with all this, right? That's what we do. Would you just help me? Everybody just needs to help me. Help me figure all this out. You need to help me. Help me. I have to do everything around here. Help me. Instead of like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me breathe. Let me remember why I'm doing this in the first place. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, I'm so mad at you. No, he says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things. I love this response, Martha, Martha. And put your name in that blank. Oh, Martha, Martha. And I love the empathy here. He reflected what he was seeing. He goes, you are worried and upset about many things. I could tell by what you're doing on the outside, what's going on in the inside. I can tell you're worried and you're upset about many things. I mean, he was empathetic about, I can see this. 
And when I think about God looking at us and Jesus not getting frustrated with us that we forget why we're doing all this, why we're not loving, why we forgot to love in the middle of all this, why we stopped being with each other, that he loves us and goes, oh, I can see it. I can see it. And I can tell it. And then he says this. But few things are needed. Or indeed only one. And Mary's chosen what is better. Now we don't know what Martha said. <laughs> it didn't make the Bible. When my wife's not with me, I tend to say things I shouldn't. <laughs> Mary has chosen what is better. What was her choice? Being and doing. Being, doing. Everybody's like, what about the food? <laughs> Have you ever been to someone's party who has spent so much time prepping, by the time people get there, they just want them to leave? The, aren't the best parties the ones where somebody's prepared it and they forgot something and they see you walk in the door and they kind of forget that you need food? They're really glad that you're there. That's the kind of parties we want to go to, right? Because those people don't forget what the party's about. Yeah, food's part of it. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's being that trumps doing he says I see that you're upset and worried about many things he said but Mary's chosen what's better and he says this he goes and it will not be taken from her like I'm not going to take this away from her she's chosen what is better and I know that you feel all this and you're all upset and you're all up in your head about it but I'm not taking this from her because here's and here's the reality of this when choosing between being and doing, you get all that comes with that decision. <laughs> when choosing between being and doing, you get everything that comes with that decision. I mean, Mary, you know, it, after this, the word on the street could be that Mary is so lazy. She gets everything that comes with that decision. If you decide, hey, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna turn off my phone and I'm gonna be with my family at night. You get everything that comes with that decision. Because if you don't pick up the phone when your boss calls automatically, you might not get that promotion. There might be another person that works next to you that's gonna pick up that phone and they're gonna get that promotion. You get everything that comes with that decision. When you tell your kids that we're not gonna have our phones on at dinner, you're gonna get everything that comes with that decision, which includes a ton of rolled eyes. <laughs> oh my gosh, for years, you know, my, one of my sons I would be, Buddy, you need to get off your phone, it's dinner. I'm not on my phone, you're on your phone. Like he would always, that was always his playback and then he would turn it off. I get it. I get the same kind of kid you do, right? But we get everything that comes with that decision. Yeah, I know singles are, are crushing this. There's, I had not heard this till recently, a thing called phone stacking. They go out to dinner, everybody stacks their phone. The first person to pick up their phone has to buy dinner. That's brilliant. That is a motivator. Right, you get everything that comes with that decision when you spend time to just be. 
And here's the thing, our brains have been wired now that every time we see something, there is an endorphin hit. We are literally addicted to this. And when you get off this, you're gonna be a little dazed and confused. So I want everybody to pass up their phone. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm just kidding. You guys are like, Pastor, you didn't go on too far. <laughs> right, can you imagine a whoa, 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 wait, wait, what are you, what? right? You're gonna, it's gonna feel awkward. You're gonna get what comes with that decision to take time to just be. It's not always easy. But I'm telling you, the, the, the being part, and I am pointing right at myself here, people. I get it. The being part is the life part. So let's make this super practical. What is one thing you can do to have some time to just be? A couple of examples. Have no tech times. There's got, one of those times that you, I'm, we're, don't, we're not gonna have any tech. Is it dinner? One of the best decisions we've ever made is not being on the phone, we're in the car with our kids. And now we have to make them not be on theirs, which isn't always fun. But this is where the conversations happen. I mean, even just that little tweak, like if you, you walk out of here and go, okay, you know, uh, this guy was a little zealot, but I, you know what, let's, 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 let's do that. Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's, not have, let's not be on the phone. Or maybe you make the decision, when I walk in the house at night, I'm not gonna be on the phone. When I greet my friends, I'm not gonna be on the phone. The number one time couples are fighting is when they reconnect at the end of the day. Right? Like, when are those no tech times? This one, you, you guys are going really, limit kids' activities. Whew. Limit kids' activities. That made you spill your coffee. We would let our kids when they were younger, you can pick one thing and people are like, are you guys Amish? Like, what is going on? <laughs> Date your spouse. Date your spouse. Like, I have an organization called marriedpeople.org and we say the best way to protect your marriage is to enjoy it. People are always like, you need to work on your marriage. Who got married for that? Who came home and said, oh, mom, I, I met the most beautiful woman and she's completely passive aggressive. I can't wait to get married and work that out. <laughs> no, go have fun with, with your spouse. One of the things that we've done with, with our lives is typically I will bring, when I speak a trip, I'll bring a kid with me. If Nancy's not with me, I'll bring, this is the first time I haven't had Nancy or a kid with me in a long time and I'm not, the, I'm, I'm lonely. <laughs> I'm talking to cheerleader parents. It's really quite sad, but I will bring I will bring a kid with me. And we've got these great memories that, you know, you gotta get creative of, of how to do this, but you can, you can do it. Go on vacation. I had to talk my wife into this one. Go on vacation, it doesn't have to be fancy. We have friends that they said, we wanna do all the, all the brown, uh, brown sign states, uh, brown sign vacations, where it's basically national parks. Have one family dinner a week. Family dinners, what happens there? Like statistically, what it does with, um, drugs and alcohol, all these different things. I'm getting played off like the Emmys. Oh, okay, this is great. ADHD, how you doing? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll speed her up. Set work time boundaries. What is this time where you're going, I'm not working? Don't take the promotion 
That's got it real up in here, didn't it? See, I think that's what God's word does. I think it's supposed to flip our world upside down sometimes. Here's the question. If you're considering a promotion, let me ask you this. Does more money equal less you? And that doesn't have to dominate your decision, but does more money equal less you? It needs to be part of the equation. Some of you need a different job because you keep saying, hey, when this is over, then we'll do this. Cats in the cradle. You know, when this is, some of you younger people going, what is cats in a cradle? (laughs) Just go to the Google, right? We just need to flip this thing upside down. Say yes to just being. What is one thing that you need to do to just be? It could be little or it could be big. You get to pick. Now close, close with this. These are my friends, Donald and Sandy Wise. Now I worked at a large church in Atlanta and Donald was on staff. You'll never see, you would never see Donald on stage. Uh, Donald um, would never, was not one of the voices or the people that, that people knew, but everybody flocked to Donald and Sandy Wise. They'd been in ministry forever. They were in youth ministry and their last name was Wise. And let me just tell you, they were wise people. I've never seen anybody more intentional about just being in my life. You know, I loved kids. They loved each other. This is classic Donald and Sandy right here. And Donald, this was the last photo that was taken of their family before Donald passed away of a long battle with, with cancer. And I'm sitting there in his funeral and it is packed out with a huge mega church and it is mega full of how he had loved. At times he would just be with you. He was so present. The way he did family, the way he did life, the way he did marriage is like what you get to the end, you know, because we're gonna be irrelevant at work one day. Somebody sharper, quicker, faster is gonna replace us. But we're never gonna be irrelevant at home. And he knew how to do life with his family and his friends. And I, I said to uh, his wife, Sandy, who Nancy and I have kind of journeyed with her. I did an interview with her on our podcast. She's unbelievable. Uh, she's just continued to love their family so well. And I believe she was able to do that because he had invested. And I asked her, I said, hey, tell me a little bit about Donald. I'm about to share this with a lot of people. And she texted me this, a little ironic on my, my phone. Okay, here we go. Donald always told her kids to look back, look on the back of their jerseys. Their name was Wise and we were all on the Wise team. We were on the same page. And she goes, and here's what it looked like. Almost every Sunday night, we had a family powwow, which was a time to ensure support of what you've been through and support of what the week will hold. It was a time of complaining and crying and praying. Camping was a big part of our kids' life when they were young, great talks around the campfire. She said, but my favorite time, long time as a couple, meant jumping in the car, going to Quick Trip, which that would be like a wah-wah for you. Uh, Quick Trip, and driving around, driving and driving, often ending up watching the sunset. And she says this, she said, I still feel the urge to do this. And the cup holder in his car has bought me, with chains has bought me more than a cup of coffee coffee, cups of coffee over the years. And you go, you look at your life and you go, these are your people. We get to choose being 
overdoing. We gotta keep doing. You don't have to throw your phone in the ocean. But there needs to be some time where we put it away and we look and we're present. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much for the, this church. I thank you for the dream team. I thank you for all the people that make all this happen. It doesn't happen uh, easily. There's lots of intention and lots of work. So I thank you for that. I thank you for the men and women, kids and teenagers in this room that made time to be here, to just be. And I pray this time will matter. I pray people don't walk out with guilt at all. I pray they walk out with some freedom to go, oh, some permission to go, hey, I'm gonna give myself a little bit more space to breathe and remember to love. And we all benefit from that. Thank you that you show us the way. Thank you that you've not left us in the dark. I pray it all in the name of Jesus, amen.